This is Nuance Radio. I was going to say near a town called Washington, (laughs) D.C. Nuance Radio invites you to join the conversation that has come to be known as One Bloke Went to Mo. Welcome, welcome. This is One Bloke Went to Mo. Well, my name's not important, uh, as always, but uh, if you like, you can call me Biddle. Uh, with me is Victoria. Victoria, how are you? I'm pretty good today. You are? Yes. Yes. And what are you eating over there, by the way? <laughs> I'm eating probably one of the loudest snacks ever. They're called corn nuts. Mm, they are incredibly loud when you've, got, when you've got headphones on. Yeah, I'm hearing it inside my head. And you're crunching into the mic as well. Yes. Like, <clears throat> you can hear it inside your head when you're chewing, and now I have headphones on, and the mic is also sending it to my ears. It's extra loud. You know, apparently some people like that kind of thing. ASMR. I hate it. Did you know there's people that like watching other people eat food? Like there's people on YouTube that they just eat food and other people like watching it. Ew. I know. I don't know. I'm sorry if you are one of those people. I just don't get it. Anyway, um, on with the show. Pay us for uh, that that crunch of mine. <laughs> if you're new to the show, uh, this is, you know, it's one of those shows about nothing, really. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got local news from Gloucestershire in the UK and uh, local news from West Plains in Missouri and some, um, well, what are you talking about today, Victoria? I'm going to talk about grass. Oh, interesting. Not that kind. Oh, grass. Not that kind. Okay. <laughs> Um, and, uh, there's usually a thought for the day and, um, why do we do this? We don't really know, uh, but we enjoy doing it. So, yep. uh, every Friday usually, and again, um, we're back on Fridays. Yes, finally. finally. We got back into the groove. And back into the groove. Yeah. So hopefully you're listening to this on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Hope you've had a nice weekend. I know it's gorgeous weather here. Oh, um, yes. 76 today and the past few days have just been stunning. And, uh, you know, not too cold at night either. Um, Beautiful clouds, good, nice sunshine. It's just mm-hmm. been mwah, perfect for riding. I know in the winter, I'm always thinking, or like maybe in the summer actually is, is truer. Because like in the summer months, it gets so, so hot. I really can't stand it. And it's in those months that I think about moving moving north to Canada or somewhere. <laughs> um, but then, you know, what are we? April 14th today. And we got 76 degrees. And on my weather app, I know I can look. And I have also uh, Vermont, you know, because I thought about moving there. And it's 67 in Vermont. Uh, over in Lydney, it's 47, uh, the high for Saturday at least. Wow. And then um, St. John up in um, up in Canada, that's 54 today. That's not too bad, is it? No, not bad for like Canada. Last week, they had freezing temperatures. So Ugh. It's warmed up a lot in just seven days. Yeah, I'm done with freezing. So, yes, you know, I often think about moving up north, but then, you know, April in Missouri is actually quite nice. You know, I, I cannot lie. I mean, apart from the ticks. I've been, oh, gosh. I've been attacked by ticks this week. I think I've got like five bites already. Yeah, the so, ticks are already insane. I have to get some chickens very soon. So Yes. That's all I have to say about that. 
You can borrow my ducks. <laughs> Please, yes. Bring them over, yes. They love ticks. No, what I was going to say, though, is I remember um, hearing a friend of mine talk about the Native Americans when they lived in the area, right? And they said the Missouri, or like southern Missouri, basically is great in the spring and the fall, but, uh, you know, they wouldn't live here in the winter or the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes sense, you know, if you're a, a nomadic tribe. Yeah, travel around. Yeah, I would definitely do that. So like we're going to Louisiana. Maybe the, the maybe the answer time. is to have three houses, right? <laughs> one one for the spring and fall in Missouri. Have another one up in like uh, St. John for the summer, and then I don't know. I don't want to go to Florida though. Oh, but Florida's a magical place in the winter time. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're biased. A little bit. I do like Florida. <laughs> Have you been baptized since leaving Florida? <laughs> Not since leaving Florida. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to uh, local news uh, from the UK, at least. Um, starting out with this story, um, which doesn't seem like much of a story, because basically the headline is 17 village homes. Uh, The planning has been turned down. Um, Now, this is in a place called Harbury, uh, which is a beautiful area of the country. And the people, the planning authority, I guess they get feedback from the public. uh, They said they didn't want to build houses on this particular spot because it would ruin the skyline. Ah. Yes. Have you ever come across that in the States? Where You have? Yes. Oh, okay. Where? Remember that time I talked about the... Scenic Drive. Oh yeah. Deal. Yeah, uh-huh. that. Oh. <laughs> Probably the most recent. Oh okay. <laughs> yes. And what was the thing on that? Uh, the guy literally got booed off stage. Oh for yeah, proposing but- it because people didn't want to see the road. Right. They didn't want it going through land or anything like that. Well, the only thing they wanted tourists, did they? No, they didn't want tourists. No. And they didn't want to see the road. Right. They just didn't right. want any of it. Well, part of the reason I bring it up is because, again, it's one of those very interesting things that I think is peculiar to England in that, you know, they're they're very proud of the way their villages look, and I mm-hmm. think it's admirable, you know? Yes. I mean, you look at the farmland and it's like manicured, you know, like stone walls or well-maintained hedges, you know, um, you know, where, where you compare that to here, and I know the size is bigger and whatever, but it's mainly like um, barbed wire fences here, isn't it? You yeah. Know, for the most part, when it comes to farmland. Yeah, it's easier to stretch barbed wire than yeah. build stone fences. I know, right. With that kind of a distance. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, we got to build so. a stone wall six miles one direction, and that's only one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and get to work. <laughs> I mean, we got the stones for it. Yeah, so, we do. Oh, my but, word. Um, no, it brings me on to an interesting thing, right? Because back in the day, you know, my dad worked on the local council and, um, well, still does. And he wanted to get a wind turbine put in um, for Lydney. And it would have powered like a third of the town. Um, but they ended up, you know, getting a lot of opposition from certain people in the area basically claiming that it would be an eyesore and they didn't want it uh, spoiling their view. But, um, 
you know, then I look around the country and you've still got these huge electric pylons, you know, crisscrossing, you know, and, you know, roads are not especially <laughs> attractive, I don't think, <laughs> especially when you get people in the country driving as fast as they do. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's gotten better now, right, because of all the speed cameras over there, but... Um, Oh, it's still, you know, still kind of dangerous. Yeah. Speaking of uh, wind turbines, there was a train that came through town recently. It had stopped mm-hmm. and there were wind turbine parts on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I recognize some of them. They were, of course, you know, shrink wrapped essentially in white plastic, but I recognize the shape. Mm, okay. So, yeah, some parts were passing through town here. I wonder where they were going. Probably out west. Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, um, very concerned about the, you know, the way that the countryside looks, which I think is good, you know, but I think there is some hypocrisy there. Anyway, so um, over in Western Supermare on the other side of the river, uh, it's a big tourist place, is Western, and they're going to have a Lego festival there on May 14th. Which, nice. Uh, if I was there, I would definitely be going to. Um, it's at a place called Hutton Moor Leisure Centre, and uh, it's going to feature, you know, lots of different things, large-scale displays, you know, statues and things like that made out of Lego. Uh, they're also going to have some speed-building competitions, Ooh. which uh, sounds fun. So, um, again, only on one day, you know. I would have thought they'd have that on maybe three or four days. But um, yeah. anyway, um, head over to Western Supermare if you are a Lego fan. And honestly, I mean, what kid isn't a Lego fan? Yeah. Just, have you met one yet? Yes. Okay. So I have a student. He's the sweetest thing. He actually went to a little Lego convention here nearby yeah. recently, and I told him to tell me about it. And he got to see his first gold Lego piece. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a special one, like a 24-karat gold Lego piece. Wow, golly. It's like nice. Now, four years ago, I was brave enough to go to Florida, just so you know. I took the family there. <laughs> I drove, you know, I didn't want to fly because I wanted uh, to have an escape vehicle. But um, <laughs> we, uh, you know, when Bonham was, what, four, and he'd, you know, I gave him the choice between Disneyland and Legoland because they're both hugely expensive. Mm-hmm. And so he chose Le- Legoland. So he and I went there for the day. And, uh, you know, we left uh, brother and mother and sister uh, back at the apartment. <laughs> they went to Disneyland, you know, just so you know, separately. So nice. that, that was good for them. And, uh, yeah, oh, my gosh. We just, it was one of the best days of my life, really. I mean, Ooh. they, you know, they didn't have a big, uh, it wasn't about the rides. They they had a few rides that were pretty cool. But um, they just had a lot of spaces, tons of amazing statues, you know, like movie characters and, like, six foot tall, you know, like actual size. Nice. Um people from Star Wars and all the other kind of Disney movies. And uh, they had this big uh, room, essentially, where there was just tons and tons of Lego. I mean, there was even baths full of it that you could swim in if you wanted to. But um, (laughs) there were little competitions where you could build a racing car and race against other people down a track. That's cool. Um, There was, I don't know, it was a hugely interactive day. So if you're ever in, in Florida... I kind of recommend Legoland. It was a fun day. But I will say, we got the speed tickets, you know, where you can jump to the front of the queue. Oh, yeah, very and much worth it. It really is worth it, <clears throat> you know. I know it's a bit more money, but, I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And Yeah. To, I mean, I did feel a bit guilty, you know, walking past these huge long lines and skipping in front, but 
at the same time with a four-year-old. You paid I, for I, it. I didn't want to be standing in, in lines. It took like 20 minutes. You paid so, for it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but what if everyone did that, you know? Well, I mean, <laughs> then they'd have the extra speed pass. They yeah. would have the regular line, the fast pass, and then the extra speed pass. That's right. There was a VIP, right? Always. Option. This looks interesting, although uh, it's under threat of cancellation. It's a foodies festival. Um, it used to be held on a place called the Downs, uh, but now it's going to be taking place, hopefully, at Little Stone Park in Stoke Gifford. Uh, which a great name again, uh, 12th to 14th of May. Uh, live music from a, uh, two different bands called Blue and Scouting for Girls, which is a weird name. Um, unfortunately, you know, the police get involved on events like this because they're expecting like 5,000 people a day. So it really is quite a big festival, right? Yeah. Um, and they just don't have... I don't think they've really found the right location for it because when you get that number of people, you know, obviously eating, but drinking as well and live music and, you know, the police concerns obviously is that in this case, it's very close to a residential area. And people get they, kind of squirrely. Well, and there's, you know, parking problems, you know, like they'd have to be driving through these residential streets that are only like 20 miles an hour. And they can see that there's probably going to be a lot of congestion, uh, more than usual, you know. So uh, it's difficult, you know. They're running out of land, really. Yeah. You know? But um, hopefully, you know, hopefully it goes ahead and everything goes well. Um, but it may be at a different location. It looks like they're still in negotiations, even this close to the event date. So. All right. Anyway, um now, we mentioned uh, the artist Banksy, you yes. know, he being from uh, Bristol. Apparently, I just found out there's this pub just outside Bristol called, uh, that was, uh, it's called The Crown, and it's in a village called Pilton. And uh, Banksy is reportedly like one of the people who have invested in this pub. Like a group of them put about a million dollar, a million pounds into this pub, which is sounds like a huge amount actually, um, and it's a described as a very quirky pub. Like for example, you know they serve uh, fifty five pound um, bottles of champagne, and they have things on their menu like st stuffed squirrel. Uh, oh, so you know, sounds a bit fancy. It sounds fancy. Bit of a gastro pub, as they yes. call it. So. <laughs> But anyway, apparently he uh, is a regular there. And so, <clears throat> again, we still don't know who he or she is, but uh, hmm. that's one more clue on the trail. Find it. No. <laughs> so. Stay a mystery forever. <laughs> um, this was quite big news. The, there is a new um, TV and film uh, studio um going into operation, 10,000-square-foot studio in Brislington, which is southeast Bristol, uh, includes things like a 2,600-square-foot soundstage, uh, two smaller ones, a grading suite, which uh, I don't really know what grading is. must be something to do with lighting or post-production, I'm thinking. But, uh, must be. I don't know what that is. You can tell me if you want to write in. Um, wardrobe area, sound recording and sound production studio. So sounds amazing. So 
again, you know, going back to my economic days, you know, they say there's only uh, there's there's a there's a few things that are what we call recession proof. You know, things like butter, for example. Butter. People always want to buy butter. Yes. In a recession, milk, for example, staples like that, bread, obviously. Um, but also, interestingly, lipstick and movies are somewhat recession-proof. That's unusual. I didn't even think about lipstick. Mm-hmm. Why? Because even if you're poor, you want to go out uh, on a Friday night, put some lipstick on, go go on a date and see a movie. Huh. So, okay. <laughs> and if I probably, went, you know, during a recession or depression, you need, you need cheering up. Okay, I can see it. So. You know, put some lipstick <laughs> on, you feel nice about yourself. And obviously when I mean say lipstick, I mean kind of like makeup in general. Okay. You know? So, yeah. So that's why, you know, I say to my boys, like, train to be an electrician or a plumber, right, if you're going to survive the automation and all the robots coming. Uh, but also, you know, uh, learn to play an instrument and uh, do a bit of acting at school because you never know, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm hopefully going to get into school soon. Are you? Hopefully, yes. Oh, doing what? IT. Oh. Because, you know, with everybody in their electric cars, they might need an IT person to say, hey, have you turned it off and turned it back on? <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, something a bit more significant like, hey. Can you talk to my car? Yeah, just sit there and type in, like, all right, let me reset something. Here you go. Is it on? Yay. <laughs> Your car didn't like the way that you were talking to it. Yeah, don't talk smack to your cars. They right. they listen. Could be a car therapist. Yes. Like, here's some ones and zeros for you, baby. Well, that's good. So how long is that going to take? It'll be about a 17 to 20 week course. Okay. So it'll be a certification and mm. hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I already um, submitted my video interview for application. Oh, wow. Okay. I at least got that far. <laughs> Well, good luck with that. Yes, thank you. A mm-hmm. um, couple of other bits of news. Uh, recycling. This was an interesting report. Um, you know, I used to be a big believer in recycling back in the 80s, you know, when I was a teenager and naive about the world. Mm. Um, I know you probably know this already, but um, turns out a lot of plastic doesn't actually get recycled. Yeah, I think we've talked about that before. Um, And it's also sad because actually when it comes to people separating out their trash from their recycling, uh, still about 6 or 7% of people, uh, you know, get it wrong. So that's another problem. That's what this article was talking about. Um, Something like a national average of 6.4% of of what's supposed to be recycling is actually still trash and they can't use it at all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but, I mean, in uh, in the Gloucester area, that's like uh, 4,100 tons. And, like, per year in the UK, it's like 150,000 tons of, of trash is rejected. Oh, recycling is rejected as trash. I mean, yeah. once, you, once you think about the whole population and over the course of a year, the amount of trash that we generate nowadays is... Crazy, really. It's astronomical, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I like glass and uh, recycled cardboard and recycled paper products, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people sit there and frown upon glass, but it's you can at least grind it up into something usable, like in asphalt. Yeah, right. 
And couldn't you melt it down again and reuse yes. it? Or, and yes. And same with like aluminium, you mm -hmm. know. I really should get one of those little smelters, you know, to put your aluminium cans in and, hey. and make something else from it. So If you make aluminum ingots, you can sell those. Yeah, that's what I've seen people doing, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I don't know what you do with glass. If you make glass blobs to sell to people, or rods is what they prefer, I think. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how to do that. That takes a lot of heat. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Maybe there are other suggestions that I haven't come across yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, finally, uh, I'm going to put this article on the Facebook page because there's a tiny house for sale in Bristol. And I just thought, <laughs> because we were talking about tiny houses last year, it was really cute. I mean, this isn't what you would really think of as a tiny house. It's basically... Um, a house that has been sandwiched in between two other buildings. So it, it's connecting to them and it's three stories high and it's about 500 square feet on each floor. So basically one room per floor, basically, uh, but it has a balcony on the top floor at the back and they've done it out really well. I showed you a picture of it earlier. Yes, do, I love it. Do you know how much they're listing it for? Half a million. Oh, well, yeah. Do you want to buy it? Because uh, actually it's 300000 So. Oh, wow. No, I don't want to buy it. <laughs> hey, it's only 300000 Oh, know? my. 15 square, 1,500 square feet. If I'm going to drop $300,000, it's going to be on something a little different. I know. Golly, what you can get out here for 300000 is crazy. Oh, yes. Yeah. You can get about five or ten acres and a house put on it. Yeah, easy. New. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and fence it. Anyway, it, you have to see the picture. It, it just looks funny. It looks like one of those things out of Harry Potter, you know, where like two houses have separated apart and there's this new house in between, you know? Yes, it's a yeah. house that goes vertical, not horizontal. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Mm -hmm. All right, what's going on in uh, in our local area of West Plains? Well, in the wonderful land of West Plains, we have a few things. Now, I'm not much of a golfer. Are you a golfer? I have tried it once, uh, and I failed miserably. I do putt-putt or like mini-golf. Oh, yeah, mini-golf yes. is fun, definitely. But uh, So, a small thing that's happening in the area, I'm not going to dive too much into it because... If you know about it, you know about it. Mm -hmm. So the West Plains Area Chamber of Commerce, the Caddyshack Classic Golf Tournament is announced for May 5th. May yes. 5th, okay. Yes, right. May 5th. Cool. It's going to be at our West Plains Country Club. It's mm -hmm. a three-person scramble, as they describe it, and it's going to begin with a shotgun start. Oh, wow. Yes. Hmm. So there's chamber members, uh, prospective members, guests. So everybody would come out, enjoy lunch, and all the already paid for events by Burton Creek Medical Clinic, the Ozark Healthcare Place, Westgate, etc. Mm, They've okay. basically paid for folks to come in and do everything. Nice. Yes. Cool. Now obviously you have to kind of pay to get in, but mm -hmm. all like the driving ranges and stuff like that have been paid for. Okay. There's going to be fun games like closest to the pin, longest putt, longest drive, etc. There's going to be beer as well. Mm -hmm. So if everybody wants to go there just to play a little bit of golf and drink beer, they've got it. Mm -hmm. And there's tons, like a lot of local businesses have 
supported this. There's a huge list. I'm not going to go through this list. Right, right. But, yeah, so if you have yourself and two other people wanting to play, uh, contact the chamber office at 417-256-4433 and cool. get your golf on. Nice. Well, what I was going to just interject here, because yes. so, what that reminded me of, I, t I said I'd only played golf once. Mm -hmm. uh, that was when I was about to get married for the first time and came across to America and met my future father-in-law. And he said, you know, do you want to come out and play golf? And I was like, <laughs> no, not really. And he's like, oh, I'll teach you. It'll be fine. And I think I just, um, what is it called when you just, uh, when the ball goes off at like a 45 degree angle? Um, slicing it. I was yeah. about to say slice. I think slice, maybe you sliced yeah. it. I think I sliced every single shot, and <laughs> we gave up after nine holes. I was so intimidated. He, you know, this is my future father-in-law, and he's this huge man. Works in like his job was blowing up buildings, right? Nice. He was a demolition expert. Yeah. Nice. And I'm playing golf. I'm so nervous, and I haven't can't really even play. It was like the worst. <laughs> father sunday ever <laughs> well see <coughs> well you see um i've never played real golf before but here's my attitude that i would go towards it with the unwavering confidence of an idiot <laughs> i would be like where's the biggest club in here i'm going to use this one for every single thing <laughs> yes, right. it's going to go that way and it's going to go that way forever and i'm just going to swing and take the dirt with it <laughs> oh my goodness i would probably be a little too aggressive but mm. you know when it comes to mini golf i'm like bounce it off the walls delicately and get it in <laughs> okay anyway mm -hmm. so uh you remember like several episodes back where I talked about catalytic converter theft happening extensively in Arkansas? I know. And then I told you like uh, the BBC were reporting on that happening in Eng England as well. Yes. Big, big time thing. Well, it's made it here to West Plains. Catalytic converter theft is on the rise in the area. Yay. Yay. Uh, does every car have uh, one of those things on? All of them except, well, hang on. I can't say all of them. When cars are made, they yeah. all have catalytic converters. Okay. People who straight pipe them do not have catalytic converters. Oh, okay. And electric cars don't count. Right, right. Obviously. Well, you say that, but yeah. Yes. I have to think about that for a second. So, yeah. Yes. So, a lot of places in and, West Plains. And straight piping is what? Sorry. Straight piping is where you get rid of the catalytic converter, you mm -hmm. get rid of the muffler, mm -hmm. and you just have a straight pipe going uh -huh. from the exhaust part of your engine all the way to the back oh, okay. or sometimes not even that far oh nice but some people just straight pipe them and it gives them a really loud sound and there is a reason for it mm -hmm. it gives you a little bit more horsepower right because your engine's not getting that back pressure from the catalytic converter and the muffler mm, i see that. so it makes it easier for the engine to work right right but it's horribly loud yeah yeah Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. No, I need these things explained because, like, as you know, I'm not really a, uh, what do you call yourself, mech head? I'm, I'm not a gearhead. Okay, gearhead. yeah, there's gearheads, but I'm not, I'm not a gearhead. Okay. I wouldn't call myself that. Right. Tinkerer? Are you a tinkerer? I'll mess with my vehicle. A messer. Yeah, right. I'm a messer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the West Plains Police Department mm. uh, posted recently that these that these thefts are taking place 
mostly at local businesses and churches in uh, the early morning hours. Really? Some residences have been hit. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have an idea as to why that is. Yeah. A lot of people here are armed, mm-hmm. and most people don't have their arms with them when they're at work or at church. So some <laughs> folks aren't going to take that risk going in someone's yard. But you say that they're pretty quick, right? When Very still, fast. All yeah. you need is one of those metal cutting reciprocating saws, and it's two cuts and you're done, unless uh, that car has two catalytic converters. Mm, okay. But anyway... <laughs> So, you know, the West Plains Police Department is wanting tips. Mm. And you mean they haven't got a clue? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> okay. They, I'm just going to cut that. <laughs> cut that. <laughs> All right. No, they don't know who's doing it. So, if you're getting your catalytic. I mean, they've got a high school education and they can't figure it out. I no. mean, <laughs> sorry. I repeating mean. jokes now. Repeating jokes. <laughs> so, if, you're, if you have your catalytic converter replaced, uh, it's a good idea to ask that you have the technician keep both ends of the exhaust pipe mm-hmm. so that they can be matched to any recovered catalytic converters. Mm, okay. Yeah, you just that way if you find if you somehow find it, hooray. But you also talked about painting them, didn't you? Yes. Last time. Yes. You yeah. wanna spray paint them, your current ones, mm-hmm. with a high temperature paint and that deters the sales of them. Right. Now, you can also have the last eight digits of your vehicle's VIN number or the license plate number engraved on your new catalytic converter or your current one. Mm, okay. Because if it gets stolen, uh, any reputable recycling shop is going to run that. Mm-hmm. And that will hopefully deter any sales of it. Right. So if you have any tips uh, for the West Plains Police Department, Mm -hmm. you can give them a call and tell them. But otherwise, you just kind of have to stay vigilant. Now, there are items you can buy online that protect your catalytic converters. Mm, There are these usually custom-made plate that you can put under there and just bolt into place. Ah, okay. Yes. Right. Now, some vehicles that might take some drilling Mm-hmm. And if you're not confident with drilling into the frame of your vehicle, don't do it. Because that's close to the fuel tank too, right? Mm, or not? No, no. Usually catalytic converters are pretty close to the front end. Oh, are they? Yeah, because oh, okay. it comes straight down out of the engine, goes down probably about three feet mm-hmm. to your catalytic converter, depending on your vehicle. Yeah. And then down the tailpipe to the muffler. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's its, its own little thing. Right. Now, other fun news... Everyone, apparently, in West Plains is invited to the Alumni Friends Picnic on May 4th. Oh. Yes. Which alumni? The Missouri State University mm-hmm. in West Plains. Oh, okay. So they're marking their 60-year anniversary deal with having a big picnic. Oh, lovely. Yes. Where is that taking place? That is going to take place... Okay, so it's going to take place at the West Plains Civic Center Exhibit Hall. Mm, okay. Yep, it's going to be about 5 p.m. So an indoor picnic, then. Yes. Yeah. Be okay. well protected from the bears, then. Yes, definitely well protected from the bears. There's going to be a huge thing going on there. Everybody's invited. Mm-hmm. And the event is free, mm-hmm. but RSVPs are encouraged to be entered by April 24th. Okay. So if you want more information on that, you can call the phone number for RSVPing, which is 417-255-7240. Oh, 
All right. Get all that done. Also for tomorrow, uh, a lot of people have mentioned rain tomorrow afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the National Weather Service statements that it could be severe weather. Mm. So that's just something to keep in mind, little tidbit right there. Well, we're a bit we, late now, aren't we? Because we're coming up. But Yeah. So that is a bit late, but hopefully you survived it, you know, yes. but I know what you mean because yeah, the temperature is forecast to be like in 81 or something. Yeah. 80s. But also a chance of rain, which doesn't, you know, can be thunderstorms, can it? Yeah. We're, they're saying that we were going to be in the red for it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully by the time everyone's hearing this, yeah. you guys are safe. Yes. So fun news. West Plains students compete in finals of the National Rocketry Competition. Ooh. Yes. Rocketry. Rocketry. So there's a, a pair of student teams from our corner of the Ozarks anyway mm-hmm. that are getting to go to a national competition. Wow. The American Rocketry Challenge. Cool. Both Teams are from the Richards RV School District in West Plains. Wow. Yeah. So they're in the top 100 of national finalists out of almost a 1,000 kids. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So go them. Yeah. Now, go to Rocket Boys. <laughs> go to Rocket Boys. <laughs> so the national finals for this competition are going to take place May 20th in a place called, funny enough, The Plains. Oh, yeah. And it's near Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. Yes. Wow. Now, the winners of this competition will get an all-expense-paid trip to... To the moon. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> to the International Rocketry uh-huh. Challenge Ooh. at the Paris Air Show later oh, this year. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So they'll go from Ooh, just la. national to international competition. Oh. As well as $100,000 in prizes. Oh, now you're talking. And the top 25 teams are going to receive invitations to a student launch workshop from NASA. Mm. So good deal for those students from the area. Yeah. Good work. I'm still waiting for the English to get into space, you know, like to have a space program. You know, they did back in the 50s. They were making rockets using, I believe, hydrogen peroxide. Oh. I'm going to have to double check myself on that, but that that was just a little memory that came to mind. Oh, my. All right. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. And the last little bit of news I have that I've come across like last minute Mm -hmm. is a noticeable uptick in cougar sightings in Missouri. Ah. Yes. Now, nine doesn't seem like a lot, but this is between January 3rd and March 7th. Wow. Yes. I don't think I've and ever seen one. that's nearly double the state's entire 2022 total. Wow. Yes. Hmm. Most recent sightings were caught by game cameras in Dallas County mm. within two weeks of each other. You know, a lot of people have those game cameras now, don't they? Yes, they do. They're very useful. Uh, yeah. Very, very useful. Anyway, mm. uh, the two most recent sightings were caught by game cameras in Dallas County within two weeks of each other. Right. Yes. Wow. And cool thing about the game cameras is that there's some really nice ones out there that are cell cellular now. So as soon as it takes a picture, it sends you an image to your cell phone. Wow. Very cool. But that's what I'm saying. Like, because there's more cameras out there, there's mm-hmm. more chance of spotting something, right? I yes. Mean, yes. Because in the past, we're just relying on, like, driving along a dirt road and something running across your path. Yeah, you know? tracks or, you know, yeah, other right. signs. So, mm-hmm. 
Now, three of them were seen in Franklin County. That's not terribly terrible. terrible do, do you know how big these things are? Oh, cougars? Yeah. Oh, they get pretty big. You don't want to mess with them. Big as a Labrador? Way bigger. Oh, bigger than that? Yeah, they're bigger than that. Wow. Uh, I think they can get about six feet long, including the tail. Oh, my goodness. I think I think maybe a little bit longer than that. Wow, okay. I might be incorrect. Don't hold me to that one. But no. they can take down people. Okay. Yeah, they're, they are dangerous. Right. Yeah, three were spotted in Franklin County, and that's also including one that was hit by a vehicle on the highway. Wow. Yeah. Are they endangered, do you know? They're not endangered. Or protected, I mean? I think like, they what are. What would you do if they came, you know, came at you? Could you shoot one and yes. get away with that? If one's trying to attack you, yes. Okay. Absolutely. So that's just something for folks to be aware of. If you do do a lot of backpacking and hiking, it's best to not go alone. And fun fact about uh, cougars or mountain lions, if one is f- coming at you from the front, Mm-hmm. And it's slamming its paws on the ground. Yeah. But pausing and looking around and then, you know, gets really loud with you and slams its paws while it's running at you. Mm-hmm. That's more than likely a female mm-hmm. trying to tell you to go away because she has babies nearby. Gotcha. She doesn't want any Trouble. confrontation with you. She just wants you to go away. Okay. Never turn your back on a mountain lion. Mm hmm. They will go for you. Yeah. Just step backwards, walk away till they leave. Gotcha. Okay. So that's just a little Thank you. thing for any hikers out there. Is if one's slamming its paws, it really does have babies nearby. She's mm. trying to be as big and as intimidating as possible. Right, right. Okay, well, thought for the day. Uh, this is an old one, but a good one. Okay. And that is the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I've heard that one. Yes. And I never really understood it uh, for the longest time. And I think I'm beginning to. Um, Good intentions. So, you know, basically the story of the last few days, as you know, has been I went around to a rental unit that I have and I didn't see any sign of the tenants and I hadn't heard from them. So... I presume that they weren't living there. I mean, like, they have been living there, but it was possible that they were living somewhere else. Anyway, I go and check on the place. I find a cat there in the house, and the litter box is outside, and I just make the assumption that this cat has been abandoned, you know, maybe for a day or two days. I don't know. So taking pity on this cat, I decide to bring him home, or her home, and then uh, she's disappeared. So (laughs) you can imagine how I feel. I thought I was doing a good thing by saving this cat from being abandoned and brought it home, and now I've lost it. And I'm sorry. (laughs) Can't find it, and I spent the whole day yesterday looking for it around the property. I even went under the house like three times with a flashlight because... You know, I know that we have these couple of wildcats that live near here, and I know that they can get under the house sometimes if they want to. So I had a feeling maybe it was hiding under there or under the deck or in the chicken coop or, you know, I mean, I've looked everywhere. And even when I had last night with a flashlight, seeing if I could try to find it, still haven't found it. I've uh, 
contact the neighbors, you know, with a description. Um, you put me in touch with that uh, Facebook group yeah. that uh, looks for lost animals. So. Yep. Uh, all I can think is, um, you know, it was found as a stray apparently and obviously, you know, the owner is incredibly upset and I feel very embarrassed about losing this cat. But uh, I guess if I've learned anything is that, yes, you might have a good intention and you might think that you're doing the right thing, but sometimes it's better just to leave things alone. So yeah, I am withdrawing there. from public service as of this moment. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I mean, there's not much I can say, you know, I mean, part of me last night was dreaming about the movie called Incredible Story. Have you ever seen that? Where yes. it's, like, uh, it's like two dogs and a cat. So you get, I don't know how what the story is, but basically they travel hundreds of miles to get back home. Yeah. And, you know, there are stories of, well, certainly dogs I've heard of, you know, maybe they've been taken out to the country and abandoned and they've still found their way back home. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's what I'm praying for at the moment. Yeah, I'd... is that this little kitty is somehow going to find her way across the across the city uh, to its old home? But oh goodness! I know. Yeah, that's that's a really hard thing. I know. I'm sorry. It's just so embarrassing. God. Yeah. I, I mean, got you. this is the second time I've lost a cat. The last time was probably about ten years ago. And I'm driving to the school to go and get my wife's daughter. And uh, I decide to take this little kitten in the car. I don't know why. I just thought it would be fun. And we get it, we get to the gas station um, after going to the school. And uh, as soon as I open the door, the cat jumps out of the car and runs up underneath the carriage of this like uh, food delivery truck. And even though the guy is like, he's he's just finished putting his fuel in and he's about to drive off, I just like run over and stop him and we both get under the vehicle and try and find this cat and we can't find it. And Oh my goodness. Um, Sounds like a harrowing day. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I have to remind myself, if you're ever going to transport a cat, put it in a box. Always. That's, that's the first thing. And if you're going to bring it to a new home, you know, introduce it slowly to the household so that it gets its bearings and yeah, uh, yeah cats know. handle moves very very differently from dogs yeah really so i'm wise in hindsight you know and in hindsight i can understand that uh, people are saying why on earth did you do that didn't you think no well, i guess i didn't think so i guess it turns out i'm fallible uh, I yeah. mean, I mean, after, after all this time, you the know, best of us, <laughs> the best of us, yeah. Yep. So I don't know if you're listening. I am still praying that it finds its way home, or it. I mean, my real hope is that one of my neighbors is going to spot it because, um, you know, it's partly domesticated. So I'm sure it's like up on someone's deck right now, or on, on someone's porch, you know, asking for food. Yeah. I can't see it surviving in the wild. No. So. I mean, there are other cats in your area, so, I mean, yeah. they tend to make little mini colonies and mm -hmm. associate with each other and learn from each other. So. I know. That's what I thought it would do with Mike, because, you know, I've got, I mean, these, I've got the two cats, and you know the two cats I've got. I mean, they're 
darling. I mean, it takes a couple of days for a cat to learn from the resident cats. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully she turns up. Hopefully. Yes. Yes. You can talk about grass, you said. Grasses. No. But, but not the kind you smoke. No, not that type. <laughs> Which reminds me of a joke. What? Um, Please tell it. Yes. How do you... How do you make a carrot from grass? Go to Camberwell. Go to what? Camberwell. I don't know this joke. Okay, all right. <laughs> You've not seen the movie uh, with Nail and I? No. Okay, all right. Oh, no. Let's put that on the list then. That's part of your movie education. <laughs> all right, carry on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know movies. It's okay. okay. It's okay. Um, you know a lot about um, grasses and trees. and I can spot ladybugs. You know, we, we all only have so much room in our memory banks for, for things. So. <laughs> Mine's definitely not being taken up with movies. No, no. So um, a lot of people know things are pollinating right now, and grass is one of them. Mm-hmm. So, all, all my neighbors are mowing their lawn and making me feel guilty about that too. Oh. And I'm like, I'm looking for a cat. I don't have time to mow lawns. <laughs> you should see my front yard. <laughs> I haven't mowed. I'm going to get the cops called on me again. I really hate mowing. <laughs> I really despise it. Anyway, but grasses. Yes. Let's talk about grasses. Grass, grass. So uh, a lot of people who do have lawns that prefer theirs to be, you know, nice, manicured, weed-free, you know, mm-hmm. pleasing to the eye. Mm-hmm. This is for you guys. Able to play soccer on. At least. Football, sorry. Yes. <laughs> sports so this is more for you guys for those of us who don't care you know you kind of can dismiss this one the messes yeah so this is uh for helping defend your lawn against weeds diseases and drought this year this is some spring chores you can do to help out the first and foremost which is everyone's least favorite is rake Ooh, yes yes raking up you know the lingering fall leaves from last fall, mm-hmm. dead grass that didn't survive in the winter. All this stuff adds to your lawn's thatch layer. Right. So removing that allows more warmth and water and sunlight, sunlight and oxygen right? and stuff yeah. like that to get yeah. down in there. Mm-hmm. And it loosens it up, and it can also help smoothen out your lawn as well. Mm. Smoothen out. Smooth out your lawn as well. Oh, with the roller? Uh, no, it, it oh, keeps from- the clumps. Oh, right, right, right. Because grass will grow on other decaying material. It helps keep it nice and level. Gotcha. Good luck in that area for, in this area for that, because not much is level. Yeah. And if you're going to be raking, don't do it when your lawn is wet or muddy. Right. You'll uh, pose risk of breaking the grass, maybe introducing a fungus or disease, and possibly pulling up new grass growth. Mm, Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, there's something also you can do called overseeding. Mm-hmm. That's called fill, that's for filling in the bare spots. So, say if a little patch of grass just didn't make it through the winter, mm-hmm. you can overseed uh, bare spots or thin spots. Mm-hmm. Granted that there's no disease there causing that spot. Right, right. You can do soil tests, and that'll help you figure out what's going on with that. Yeah. Anyway, they say late spring is the best time to overseed warm. Season grass, mm-hmm. fall is the best time for cool season grass. Now, it depends 
greatly okay. where you live, yeah. what kind of grass. So right, right. these are just some things you can consider. Mm. Yeah. So when you do overseed, you need to apply a slow-release nitrogen fertilizer. It's very important. Oh. And five weeks later, after you overseed and apply that uh, quick release, uh, the slow release, you can then apply a quick release nitrogen. Oh, okay. Yeah, it helps it really get down in there, darken the leaves, broaden it, just helps it grow. Right. Now, when it comes to uh, seeding, um, do you have to like put little holes in the ground, you know, for the seeds to like find a, a place? Not necessarily, no. Because, uh, I mean, otherwise, I mean, you know, the ground here, it's, it's so it's uh, so hard often. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you've got the risk of, uh, you know, in Missouri, you know, you wait five minutes and then you get some rain mm-hmm. and then that washes all the seeds away. So I was just wondering whether they, you know, recommend spiking the grass to... Well, if this is a bare patch, what you can do is take, you know, those little fork-looking hand mm-hmm. rakes. Yeah. Just rough up the ground a little bit. Okay. Sprinkle your seed in there and maybe lightly cover it with some soil. Right, right. That way it protects it and keeps it in one spot and keeps the birds away from it. Yeah, that's some what birds I need like grass to do. seed. Yeah, I've got some bare patches. Yeah, that'll that'll help a lot. Now, if you have soil that has issues, Mm. No amount of overseeding or fertilizer is going to fix it. You have to amend your soil before doing major stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Now, another thing you can do to help your lawn this year is aerate it. Mm. Now, this is vital for a very healthy lawn. It's it's the solution for if you do have compacted soil. Mm. This area does have some pretty hard soil. It does help, yes. Yeah. Definitely aerate. Now, how often you need to aerate depends on your soil type and how you use your lawn. Mm. So I, I can't give you every single example, but it's one of the things you can consider to help your lawn. Now, late spring to early summer is the right time to aerate warm grass, mm-hmm. and fall is the best time for cool season grass. And how do you aerate Okay, there's this weird machine. Well, it's not even a machine. It's a thing that people tow behind their lawnmowers or tractors. Mm -hmm. It's got these little hole punches in it. And as it rolls, it's really heavy, and it just pulls. It, like, plucks out little holes in the dirt. Oh, okay. And that allows more air and water to get down in there and kind of breaks up the soil a bit. Mm, Okay. Yep. Worms do that naturally. But if you have a lawn like a, a manicured lawn, it's probably not the best environment for worms. Yeah. So you have to compensate for that. Right. Now, another thing, as along with aerating and raking, is dethatching. Mm. So spring is the perfect time to dethatch turf. Uh, aim for early spring for cool season grass and late spring for summer to warm season grasses. As you can see, some of these things switch. Right, right. Dethatching helps remove dead stuff and allows more space for greener growth. Okay. Yep. And if you want that nice, crisp-looking lawn appearance, weeding. Mm. Now, there's one particular grass that can kind of mingle amongst your lawn is something called crabgrass. You have to apply herbicides to keep those seeds that dropped from last year from germinating. Mm. Now, timing is critical. 
you have to have the right timing for this because if you miss it, it's not going to really do anything. Okay. So depending on the bag of product you're going to use will depend on when you uh, place it. Okay. Now you can go online and learn about application times for killing crabgrass and specific weeds. So if you use a post, as they call it, a post-emergent broadleaf herbicide, mm-hmm. that's for perennial and winter annual weeds in your warm season grass. Okay. So you really got to know what kind of grass you have. Yeah, really. You really do. So you can dig up weeds or you can apply like a five-in-one weed and feed. What a weed and feed is is that it kills the weeds and feeds your grass because it can be stressful on the grass to be getting some of these chemicals. Right, right. Yeah. So you you just make sure. If anything, get a... Missouri Master Gardener to come check your lawn, and they'll do the soil tests and everything. Mm. They'll have great advice for this area. Okay. Another thing is fertilize your grass. So if you want to apply lawn fertilizer, you just read your bag. Yeah. Read your bag. So fertilizing is a good one. Now, um, some mowers, they collect the uh, grass as you cut it, right? Others don't, and it seems like if you're constantly taking all this grass off, you really, you really need to add fertilizer, right? Because yes. I mean, other normally that grass would die and become fertilizer. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. So now, I've known people who will skip a year mm-hmm. for dethatching. Yeah. Like they'll mow all year. They won't collect up any of their grass clippings. Mm-hmm. They'll go a year and then they'll do it the next year. Okay. So they kind of don't have to be as dramatic with their fertilizer. Right. So there, there's options. You can do things the way you want to, to that fit your lawn. Yeah. Yeah. So, and water, obviously. Mm-hmm. Spring irrigation varies by region. So... You have to look at what our regular rain schedule is. Now, when I lived in the southeast, um, my dad had his irrigation set on Tuesdays and I believe Thursdays. It would come on at 1 a.m. and would uh, irrigate the lawn for one hour and then be off. Oh, okay. And he watered it at night so it wouldn't evaporate. Right, right. It would settle down in there and then it would have Wednesday, you know, be fine and dry, do it again on Thursday, and then, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it's had time to really get down in there. It doesn't overwater anything. Mm-hmm. And he never seemed to cut it the day before or the day after he irrigated, like after the system came on, yeah. to prevent fungus. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I don't recommend anybody mow their grass in the rain. No. Uh, it's first of all, it's dangerous. Yeah. You can slip. Yeah. And we don't want mower accidents. No. Uh, it tears up the grass mm-hmm. because those tires are very indiscriminate. They're going to rip up any new grass that's in like already dampened soil. It's, it's not a good idea to mow when it's raining. Right. It's not good for your mower either. No. Wet grass is sticky. Yeah, it just clogs it up. Yes. So that was one of the other ones is mowing. Yeah. Make sure your grass is cut at the appropriate height for its species. Mm. Some grass likes to be cut at 
say three inches, some grass prefers to be cut at two inches. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Different species. I always put it on three, you know, but... um, Oh, believe it or not. Oh, fun fact. (laughs) You know, it goes from like one to seven. Yes. Believe it or not, the numbers on your mower don't indicate the inch. No, I didn't think they did. No. No. But... um, Yes, it's here with all the rocks. I can't really go below three. In fact, actually, now I think about it, it's more like four. Yeah, because otherwise I'm hitting rocks all the time. Absolutely, and I have to take the blades off and sharpen them. Lord have mercy, pain <laughs> very much. Mm-hmm. Now, that's another thing is keeping your lawnmower blades sharp, right? A dull blade just rips the grass and creates risk for infection, yeah, for, for mold or fungus. You, didn't you tell me about buying a lawnmower and they had the blade upside down? Yeah, so it was spinning and it was just beating my grass to death and it was bogging itself down. It was, I was trying like, to cut the? with the blunt end. Yeah, and so I was like, what is wrong with this thing? I turned it off, flipped it over, and the blade's on wrong. And I was like, oh, that'll cause problems. And it was, so I flipped it over, worked like a charm. It just... It just cut through it. I had a brand new blade. Yeah. <laughs> never yeah. been used. Never the, been used. The paint. It was probably used once and then he took it. I don't know. No, no, it wasn't just used once. You could see on the blunt side how it had gently smoothed it. Uh-huh. So there was no edge wow. from manufacturing. They had used it for so long like that. I had a, I have a I brand. I if they bought it from the manufacturer and it was like that. Some goober probably put it on wrong. I mean, I, I bet that's what it was. And they they probably spent the whole summer like cursing it and thinking, I'm going to get rid of this thing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it. But hey, I got a brand new lawnmower blade. Still had the paint on that side of it. So nice. yeah, not arguing with that one. And, uh, you know, that's just something that all of our lawn having listeners can, you know, consider. And make sure you, whatever grass you're getting is in the right zone. Because mm-hmm. we're in zone 6B, right? 6A, and all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you guys the top five grasses for Missouri okay. as a whole. Canton Dam from number five. Number five. This one's my favorite word. Fescue. Ooh, I like a good fescue. Fescues. Yes. So there's a variety of fescues in that family. They're great grasses. Mm-hmm. Then there's perennial rye grass. Uh-huh. Yes, animals like to eat that one for sure. Mm-hmm. Bermuda grass. Oh. I like Bermuda grass. Fun fact about that, Bermuda can have a root system about 10 to 15 feet deep. It's very drought resistant. Wow. Yes. It's a nice soft-ish kind of grass. Really? Now there's another species of fescue called a tall fescue. Mm. Those are nice. Yeah. And then number one for the area is Kentucky Bluegrass. Ah, Kentucky Blue. Yes. yes. So that's my little short spiel for our, our lawn having folks. Thank you very much. Yes. Well, I guess that's about all we have time for this week. Um, enjoy the weather. Oh, yes. Have a great week. I hope it starts, uh, or hope it stops raining in England. Uh, They've had a ton over there, but. um, Oh, goodness gracious. um, Bright skies ahead, hopefully. Yes. Let's wish for that. Good motorcycle weather. (laughs) And the return of missing cats, hopefully. Oh, yes, please. All right. Well, have a great week. Y'all have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye. I'll see you.
You've been listening to One Bloke Went to Moe.